The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Stillwater Barber Company, located at 609 South Main Street, right here in Stillwater. Randall and Joe are serving up the best haircuts in town, which includes regular haircuts and skin and razor fades, as well as shaves and beard care and trims. The beard care includes a wonderful blend of beard balm, beard oil, and just a little bit of steam to bring it all together. And as always, shampoo and conditioners are two for $20, and I can vouch for the shampoo because that's what I've been using for the past several months. It's a wonderful tea tree oil shampoo paraben and sulfate free that leaves your hair and scalp squeaky clean and smelling great and as always you can find blue roaming around the shop so give them a call at 405-269-8590 or you can check them out at stillwaterbarber.co to book an appointment today Welcome into the Pokes Report Podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside Brian Murphy. It's been a while. Been super busy. I know Brian's been super busy, but that just means we got a lot to talk about. We're going to be talking some basketball, men's and women's. We're going to be talking some baseball. We're going to be talking some softball. I want to get into the news the Big 12 put out on Wednesday about their partnership with the NFL. I think that's just incredible. Um, but my, uh, where do we start? I'll let I'll let you choose, Brian. Where do we start? First well, of all, how are you? How, how's things been? I'm doing great, That's man. Fantastic. Getting a little rain today. Getting a cold front come through. It's, we just got a wind uh, so advisory. Just got a wind advisory. Yeah, nail things down. Yeah. So I, mean, I had to I had to wait you before did. coming in because it was cats and dogs. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, which was what Oklahoma State men's basketball was in the second half, not the first half. It was a good second. The half. The second half at Youngstown. I tell you what, like for. For OSU, you know, being in a bad spot, being the number one, I mean, that's it's kind of a backhanded compliment to be the number one overall for the NIT. That you're, uh, that means you're not in the NCAA. And then for all the, the the things to go wrong that could go wrong, you can't even host the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they went and played in it. It was a good atmosphere. I wouldn't say a great atmosphere. It was a good atmosphere up there at Youngstown and. And, and they had to weather it. Um, I think in the second half, I think that our strength, our conditioning, wore them down at home. Uh, you had Caleb Asbury talking to the talking to the student section uh, at the free throw <laughs> line. Um, you I know, like saying some choice words to uh, probably one or two fraternity brothers. Sure, uh, sure, that were up there, and and thankfully, you know. Whenever you talk that kind of crap to somebody individually, thankfully he made both free throws because awkward whenever you don't. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, so they iced it away. I mean, it was early in the game. Texted some friends and just said, "This is a game that Musa should have 15 rebounds." So, I mean, he is four inches, uh, at least four inches, the tallest guy out there, the 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 biggest guy out there. And literally, as soon as I hit send on that, he gets a second foul in the first half. Come on, man! But uh, ends up with 13. And uh, probably could have had 15. They had to yeah. take him out because they were doing a hack of Cisse, uh there at the end. And uh, Which I, I'll give Mike a lot of credit that he got him out as quickly as he did and then put him back in for a defensive possession because you knew Youngstown, as soon as you got the ball back in that minute, Youngstown was going to foul. So you were able to get him out for that offensive possession, miss a free throw, make a free throw. They were in the double bonus. You're able to get Cisse back in for the trip back down. So it was... That was the second half was was more of what I expected. It wasn't great basketball, right? Um, well, and and non conference Musa showed up, yeah, honestly, and yeah. It, he's able to dominate a lot of those non conference games because he's the biggest guy out there. It was kind of once he got into conference that he saw some 
equal size on the other side that he he didn't play as well. So I kind of almost expect him to have a great tournament. Yeah. Because you're going to be playing all teams from basically your non-conference type schedule. And Eastern Washington, who's next on Sunday, is a non-conference type opponent. Well, and, and, and I want to go back to what you had said when you talked about the number one overall seed, um, a whole a whole bunch of stuff went into the fact that Oklahoma State missed a tournament. I, I understand that to an extent, and this is just my opinion. This is something that Tom and I talked about on the show yesterday or on uh, on Wednesday. The committee is supposed to take a lot into consideration, right? I don't think the net is nearly as important as it was because Oklahoma State was early forties. Um, yeah, they lost to Southern Illinois early in the year at home. That's a bad loss. Southern Illinois had a decent season, but that's a bad loss. Uh, giving up a double-digit lead to UCF and losing in overtime, that's a bad loss. Um, you gave up several double-digit leads throughout the year. You struggled. You, But I don't know if that stuff went into consideration as much as the final three weeks of the season, the recency bias. Mm-hmm. You lose five of eight. You lose six of eight. Or, excuse me, you lose five of six, and then you end up losing six of eight down the stretch. Yeah, you beat Texas Tech, but you struggle you you swept OU three times, but you struggled to beat a bad OU team in the tournament. And then you turned around and you shot twenty seven percent. If and I'll go back to it, and I think that I I fully believe this. If Oklahoma State loses to Texas in the final minute and it's 72, 71, 73, 70, whatever, a three point game in either direction, they lose in the final couple of seconds on a buzzer beater or Texas just holds them off. And they they're shooting forty two percent from the field, or they're shooting you know something similar to that. They're probably going to get in the tournament. They're probably going to leapfrog Arizona State because the committee is like, that's a team that shows up. Texas is really good. They rolled through and won the Big Twelve tournament with ease. This is a team that wants to be here. But when you look at you lose six of eight, you shoot twenty seven percent from the field. You shoot thirteen percent from three point range against Texas. I don't care how good Texas is. It wasn't like Texas caused you to play that poorly. Oklahoma State played that poorly on their own. And they, now granted, they held Texas to a poor shooting night as well, but it wasn't like Texas forced that. So I think that's, I think fully, I believe that's why they were the number one overall seed. With that being said, it is a bit of a slap in the face because it's like, oh, yeah, you're the number one overall seed, but that means you're the last team out of the tournament, whatever. Yep. But if you look at the path that Oklahoma State has compares to every, compared to everybody else, Rutgers, that's a big upset with Hofstra. I know that's like a regional rivalry talking to uh, Dorado about it, but that's a, that's a bad loss. You look at Villanova on the other side of it, Villanova loses. You know, a lot of, a lot of the big teams are, are kind of getting knocked out of the way for Oklahoma State. So you got Eastern Washington that's going to be on Sunday. I've heard that you're looking at like an early to mid-afternoon game. Potentially one a or one a.m. one p.m. So that's huge. I was I was thinking like seven or eight, but you're looking at like a one p.m. start for Eastern Washington, and then if you win that, you're gonna you've got probably North Texas or Sam Houston, because Sam Houston and Santa Clara. And I haven't looked at the bracket. I I I don't know if this is updated or not. So I'd have to look. But you're probably gonna have North Houston, North North Texas or Sam Houston. Well, you've already played Sam Houston, and you beat Sam Houston, mm-hmm. right? And then if you look past that, you're going to have not so great teams on the other side, you know, on the, on the bottom half of your bracket. Oklahoma State on paper with how we've seen them play, this is this is Oklahoma State's tournament to lose. Oklahoma State should be in the finals in Orleans Arena 
in Vegas. Period. And ha- how many? How many would we have? In, in Stillwater, if we continue to win, is it just this next one? Is this the last? No. Oh, since OSU is the number one, like you, you'd have three or well two, because you play. We played at Youngstown, and then Oklahoma State would host the first or the second round, and they would host the quarters. I believe. Well, uh, that looks like the quarters would be in Vegas. Yeah, I think that's right. So they've changed that because before it was. You had the first three games. So, like, in when Boynton's first year, they had three games at home before they would have gone to New York. So, it looks like they are they would host two and then would would have hosted two. And it looks like quarter semis and championships in Vegas. Yeah. At the very least. It, it, it's either quarter semis championship or just semis and championship. Well, so hopefully. They'll can, host at least one. Hopefully we can get, uh, they can get a nice little marketing push, get, Get a couple five thousand out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be realistic. They, We're not going to get thirteen. No, they they did announce this morning, and this should be huge. The timing might be a little different because it's earlier in the day, but donors came forward, and any student that wants to get in can get in for free. Nice. So there should be two to four thousand students. There won't be. It's spring break. They're coming back. They're going to be hungover and exhausted. <laughs> and if it's an early game, they may not be there anyway. They may not even be back to town yet. But student students can get in for free. Yeah. So that's cool. Well, yes. I think you're honestly, realistically, I think you're looking at five to six thousand total. Yeah. Maybe. Well, and and that's what I'm not gonna say what these guys are used to, but again, for a non a decent non conference game, that's what you're gonna get. You're gonna get uh, yeah. not your December break, but your November games. Sure, that's probably what you're gonna get. And I don't know that uh, I don't know that Avery will be back yet. Probably not. But, uh, I think I'd be surprised. I think even if yeah. they'd have made the NCAA tournament and played in the championship game, I still don't. I think, they, I think they're being super, super, super optimistic and thinking he could come back. Think Avery's coming back next year? No. Musa? No. Okay. I think so. You're, I, so then you're looking at a, you're looking at a guy who is thinking about his draft prospect. Absolutely. I mean, Whether it's you know, in the NBA be healthy or for that. playing in overseas. Because I, I think I, I think you're looking at a roster that's going to have to kind of be rebuilt a little bit. I think John Michael Wright will come back. He's got a year. Um, I think Tyreek Smith will probably come back. Mm-hmm. Especially if you look at how he played down the stretch. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to lose a couple of the games down the stretch if it won. For, like, you're, you're going to lose in Lubbock, and you're probably going to lose to OU. And you definitely lose last night if you don't have Tyreek. So I think I think Tyreek comes back and he's probably in a different role because you're going to have a lot of youth anyway. I think Caleb Boone is probably done. I think Musa and Avery are probably done. Um, Asbury is out of eligibility anyway. That's a hell of a loss, but he's been a hell of a player this year. John so, Michael, right? Yeah, uh, he's got a year. Um, yep. So that I think I think John Michael will come back. I'm and then fifty fifty on Bryce Thompson. I don't know what I don't know what BT will do. Yeah, because he still has eligibility, but I don't know what BT does. Size wise, you replace Caleb six nine two hundred with Brandon Garrison, who yeah. just won the he was the Oklahoma Gator Player mm-hmm. of the Year, All, McDonald's All American. Um, you know, so at least you you can replace the size. Of size the, with size. They, they've got a couple other uh, guys in the class that are actually big. I mean, we're so used to. Boynton and even back to Travis Ford signing six guards. Yeah, you know, and Boynton this time around has has gotten some big guys. So I think the the team gets bigger next year. Yeah, um, and I think they I, I think you have to go into the portal. You're, oh, there's no doubt you're going to have will. to go and get um, 
at least, and that's I, it's all dependent on what Musa does. You know, I, I, if Musa, because something that I think, especially myself, I'll, I'll put myself in this category. I think what a lot of us struggle with is like, well, Musa didn't play all that great this year. Musa needs to come back. Musa doesn't need to do anything. Like, you want Musa to come back because Musa would greatly benefit your roster. Maybe Musa hates school. Maybe Musa is. Maybe he got contacted by a Euro. I don't know how this all works, and I'm not saying it happened, but maybe he got contacted by a Euroleaguer. His family did, and they're like, yeah. "Hey, listen, he could make we, this." Yeah, yeah, we saw what he did this year. We could easily pay him X amount of dollars or what, or Euro or whatever. So you know, BT. I think personally, I think Bryce Thompson would absolutely benefit from another year in college. I agree. Ber- Bryce may not think so. Bryce and yeah. his dad may think, you know what, we're going to try our we're going to try our chances professionally, and that's any player because in everyone on that roster with eligibility should absolutely come back because in my personal opinion, I don't know except for maybe Musa defensively, I don't know if there's someone on that roster that would thrive in a professional setting sure. at least right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe Caleb Asbury, depending on where he goes, but everyone with eligibility should absolutely come back. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna see some turnover, and you're gonna have to replace players. Yeah. So they need to go out into the portal again. Well, speaking of Sunday, um, so that's kind of that could be kind of a bad shake for the for JC Hoyt's girls. Yeah, that OSU could be playing a home game at the exact same time they're playing uh, the Twins in Miami. Yeah, and um, you know because they're supposed to be playing Sunday. I th- I believe at one um, up in Bloomington and. Congratulations! If you win versus Miami, you get the number one overall seed, Indiana, at home. At home, yeah, basically, yeah, at, at home. Um, but congratulations to them. I mean, to go from pick ninth to an NCAA tournament, unbelievable job by Coach Hoyt, the staff. So they'll the play Saturday. They play Miami oh, Saturday. Saturday. But Woo. I don't. That's good. I don't know if they have to turn around and play Sunday. Like if they beat Miami, do they turn around and play Indiana on Sunday? Because I think that might be the case. Yeah, I think they'd have to turn around and play Indiana on Sunday. There are eight eight second round games on Sunday, but they're obviously all to be determined. All so right. they're either playing they're either playing Sunday or they're playing Monday. But they're at least playing Miami on all Saturday. To be determined, yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's good for them. Did you fill? Have you filled out a bracket? No brackets not. for you. I have not. I don't. Okay. Not I don't have man. any. No, I don't have anything against brackets. Um, I've just been kind of busy and I forgot to do it, but I'm okay. You know, I don't, it's not, it's not one of those. I absolutely have to do it kind of things. So it looks like the Indiana Oklahoma state game, if they were to beat Miami yeah. would, would be on Monday. Okay. So that's, so yeah. that, that's good. And, and here's the thing with the way Oklahoma state, with the way the cowgirls have been playing, mm-hmm. I think now eight, nine games are always incredible. Mm-hmm. They're very evenly matched. Um, it's going to be kind of a knockdown drag out. It, it's unfortunate because whoever's going to win that not only has to face a number one overall seed, but they're going to have to do it after playing a grueling game. So whoever wins that game is going into a buzzsaw for more reasons than one. Yeah. But I, I think the way Oklahoma State has played with, with kind of the, with the tenacity that they've played, I think they can beat Miami. And what's so incredible about it is I, I, I'm not – like a super duper believer in moral victories kind of a thing. But if you look at the entire situation, I'm not trying to say, well, y'all don't need to win. That's not what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. But if you look at a team that had nine wins last year, new coaching staff, 
all but three players as a new roster, and it wasn't like they went out and got, you know, at the time, division like Power 5 players. I, they're obviously Power 5 players now, and they're absolutely balling out. But you went out and built kind of a kind of a um, group, I don't want to say group of five, kind of like a mid-major type of roster, you know, and you, I don't think there were a lot of expectations, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. They go out and they win 21 games. You're in the NCAA tournament in year one. Should have been Big 12 Coach of the Year. I, I understand Vic Schaefer in Texas is incredible, but when you look at the circumstances, it should have been Hoyt. There should have been more than one player on the All-Big 12 team. Everything after the Big 12 tournament, which you wanted to win, everything after that's gravy. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, Absolutely. everything after like 15 wins is gravy. Now, go and win as much as you can. If you can beat Miami and somehow, by the grace of God, upset Indiana at home, hell. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, But well, everything else is gravy that, right now. Difference between, traditionally, between men's tournament and the women's tournament, traditionally in the women's tournament, your higher seeds do better, especially Absolutely. your especially your one seeds. Um, I mean, well, and it doesn't hurt that they all get to play at home as at long as home. they want. Right. Yeah. That's right. So uh, they definitely have an uphill battle. This is going to be something that, um, that Coach Hoyt will remember for the rest of her coaching career. Uh, her life, yeah. um, that she took a team in their first year from from nine wins to rebuild the roster. Who she built this team on on belief in each other, and uh, you know there's a lot of sports less a lot of business lessons to be learned just from that team. I mean, she could go around and give leadership seminar, you know, type talks just on this year alone. So, well, and how incredible does this situation make recruiting moving forward? Sure. Like you're gonna, if you could go out and build this exact same roster, you would absolutely do that because yeah. you you went out and you got really really good talent that should have been playing at a higher level, and I I fully believe that Hoyt's gonna go out and she's gonna get the same type of players, you know, from the mid majors and the group of fives and the girls that are incredible and they should be power five, but now you're looking. It's the same question I posed last night to Tom Dorado about Youngstown. If Youngstown State somehow found it, which I don't, it wouldn't have been like a somehow. I mean, they almost yeah, they did were it. There. If Youngstown State beat Oklahoma State last night, they first of all attendance is going to go up, enrollment's going to go up. Um, you're going to be able to recruit with the best of your level. When you look at what this team did this year with the Cowgirls, you're going to go out and you're going to get the same type of players, but you're also going to be able to get some really, really good Power Five players out of the portal. Yeah. The way the year she had this year, girls answer the phone. I mean, they they, they have to when when it's when it says Stillwater, Oklahoma, and they go. Ooh. You think she's got a Stillwater number now? I would hope so. Or is, mean, it, is it her coach's phone? So whenever you call, it's interesting. Whenever you call from, and I just had a, a friend of mine got a phone call from Weiberg. Mm-hmm. It actually says on the on the phone somehow they have it programmed up there to say. From the Oklahoma State Athletic. Oh, because he called him from the landline. Landline, so which I'm yeah. sure you know. Should if you if you do it from that, but yeah, the because uh, what's the crazy cell phone? Is, I have no w- idea. When I call uh, when I call the comic shop, my name will pop up on the caller ID at the comic shop. Yeah, which caller ID's been a, it's been around for a while. No, I know, so. but I didn't I didn't know how it worked with cell phones. Yeah, I didn't know like if because if a cell phone calls a cell phone and you're not programmed it in, say, yeah. it just says Stillwater, Oklahoma. Number. Here's the number. 
but I didn't I didn't know that landlines were like if a cell phone called it was like oh this is who owns that cell phone number yeah. yep. wild see that's how we used to live in the whole world before there was the cell phone yeah. thing that like called other cell phones when a cell phone when when my dad would call the landline it would say Ken Murphy you know whatever so I don't like Big Brother knowing who I am. I got you. That upsets me. I got you. Living out here under the trees. <laughs> hey, so baseball right yes. now, baseball has the longest winning streak in the nation right now because somebody lost the other day. I don't even know who who had the longest, yeah. but they cuz uh, OSU baseball tweeted out waking up to the world to the the world's nation. largest. Well, I guess it is the world's largest collegiate collegiate. Yeah. Uh, well, there's not many people playing baseball right now, so it could be the longest. I don't know. Um, I will say what's important about this right now. We had we talked to Dorado, and, and Dorado might be the most plugged-in person to OSU baseball outside of people that are in the building. I hope they're plugged in. Yeah. What he had to say, because you're, you're winning games you're supposed to win, right? You, sure. Utah Techs, you know, you're – um, your Austin Peas, yeah, but they and Arizona States. I mean, yeah, you still got yeah. It's not the not the Arizona State of fifteen twenty years ago, but it's still a good name. It's, it's an opponent. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Baptist, not the same Dallas Baptist, but you're going out and you're doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But when you look at how they're doing it, when you look at the power, when you look at the consistency, they're playing really, really sound defensively. Mm-hmm. I think Tom said yesterday. I'd have to go back and look, but since I think they only have like eight or nine errors on the year, which yeah. seems like a lot, no, but when awesome. you but when you spread it out amongst an entire team and backups, it's incredible. Yeah. Now Texas Tech is different than Utah Tech or Arizona State. Now I will. I'm not going to knock Texas Tech because they're still an incredible team. I've heard, and, and you can look. They're not. The jugger, at least as of right now, they're not that juggernaut go to Omaha type of Texas Tech. You do have a bit of a grind starting in Lubbock, but the way Oklahoma State's playing right now, pitching has really kind of come alive, and they're playing well. I don't think it's a stretch to to say that Oklahoma State could go down to Lubbock and win two out of three. I don't know if you're going to get a twenty to four run rule in seven. You know, I don't know if you're going to win eleven to one in seven, but. You could go down to Lubbock and maybe three two, three one, five two, you know. I, I could see two out of three. They're playing really well. Yeah. No, they they are. Um it is nine errors on the whole year. There you go, nine. Yeah. And and that's on the whole year. And what is that? Uh eighteen games, I think. Mm-hmm. Traditionally your traditionally your third baseman ha- of of everybody in the in the infield, your third baseman is has the Lowest fielding percentage, the hot corner. Yeah, ball gets there the fastest, and all that. Well, and it's what I, I when it's crazy. It doesn't seem like that far from third to first, but when you like you look at old yeah. photos of Raider uh-huh. Stadium or whatever, it's like twenty five or thirty yards. It's yeah. ridiculous. Oh, it is. No, it's it is. Long. Well, just going from home to first is thirty yards. Yeah. So it, know, so, so it'd be four. It's forty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. it's a good throw. But Aiden, I can do it. Aiden, real quick. Nolan Arenado Miola. Yeah. My has, gosh. Zero errors all year, and of course we jinxed him. But uh, but you got a nice wood table part. Uh, yeah, there we go. Double knock, triple knock. <laughs> so, you know he he is playing unbelievable yeah. over there, and he he's so smooth over there. And that's all these pitchers that keep going to the mound. You know a ground ball is an out. 
I mean, you, you just have that mindset of fly ball the outfields and out. Um, what Isaac Stebbins is doing on the mound, I mean, he, he came in and pitched six shutout innings the other day. Um, Phillip, Brennan Phillips started the game. I I mean, he's he's very young. He has a bright future ahead of him. I don't know that he's there yet. Right. I'd kind of be surprised to see him, uh, I mean, when he gets the next shot to start. You know, I, I don't know. But maybe some midweek, you know, just try to get him some – but he he wasn't getting it past anybody the other day, and but Stebbins came in and it was just a, it was it was the vibe was different. I mean he was aggressive. You could see he wasn't trying to nitpick the corners. He's a different pitcher. Uh, you know when when you throw ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, that's different than when you're throwing eighty six to eighty eight. You have to pitch differently. But he went out there and kind of established his dominance over. Um, the other team, the other day, golly, who were they playing this last weekend? It was what Austin P. It was Utah Tech. Utah Tech. That's right. The 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 four games. Yes. Friday doubleheader. Saturday play on Sunday. Yeah. That's wild. Well, and and you're getting you're getting three to one strikeout. Oh, your whole staff three to one strikeouts. That's that, and you flip it over to offense. The strikeouts. Now we're very early on, mm-hmm. but. What's in, what's important to look at is you've got a lot of these pitchers on the opposing. They're just you know what we're just going to try to throw it by them. We're just we're just going to try to throw it past these guys, and it's good luck. Yeah, the the, the strikeout good. total for the for the hitters is way down for where it where it has been in the past couple of years, which is huge. Yeah. And and I'm curious because you look at Chase Atkinson, he's done really well. There's a couple other guys that have done really well that aren't your traditional great hitters. And you have to look at you have to look at the stat. You know, not saying that Jordy Mercer is better than Matt Holiday, but you've got a fresher perspective. You have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. What does Jordy bring to the tape? Like, is something that Jordy is doing? What does that have to do with strikeouts? You know, could yeah. could it potentially be? Well, listen, this is what you know. I've watched a lot of tape, and I noticed this last year with you. So, when you go up there, keep an eye on that, and well, then all of a sudden, what what did we learn from the movie Moneyball? Getting on base gets you runs. We got a four twenty on base percentage, over four hundred mm-hmm. on base percentage, which uh, we're at the end of non conference. That's where you want. That's where you want them to be. They're sixteen of nineteen stealing. So they're you've got guys who can uh, you know put the ball over the wall. We got thirty two home runs, which is opponents wild. only have fifteen. So you've doubled up your opponents. And, but you're also almost triple the number of steals, you know. So they're also moving. Um, no, the the team is playing really well. the The pitching staff has has thrown well for the most part. Well, and you go back to Arizona. Did you watch the second? I mm-hmm. guess is is either the first or the second Arizona State game. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Um, but they played small ball better in a in a two inning period than I had seen them play in a really long time. Yeah, right. You had the double steal with Atkinson on first. Uh, you had Atkinson bunt to get on. Well, you know, Atkinson was standing over on first base, saw the steal <laughs> sign, and probably looked at, at Mercer at first and went like, did I see what I, you want me? Did we change signs this morning? I'm stealing too, right? <laughs> he gave the double wink, you know. Well, yes. And what's no, crazy two is, for two is, is he got within, what, eight feet a second, and that's when they realized, oh, this is a double steal. So they attempt to try to throw home, but they don't really throw home. Yeah. And Chase gets back to first, and they score. It's just kind of like, it's the little things. Yeah. Well, and th- this last weekend, um, 
Utah Tech ran that perfectly. Yeah. Uh, granted, you know, I think the Sunday game, it was we didn't have the full complement of starters. I think we had uh, Brennan Holt at short. We had we had some some guys moving around. Uh, Brennan Holt looked he looked pretty good at short. Um, I know that uh, that we should get Brown, uh, Marcus Brown back uh, pretty soon. But Brennan Holt played a pretty good short. But yeah, they ran that kind of double steal to perfection um, with the first third thing. Uh, the guy kind of did the delay where he just kind of hops off first. It was pretty cool to watch. But wonderful. Have you watched any of the w, WBC, the World Baseball Classic, where each where the USA has it? No, you haven't. Okay, I watched. I have watched some. Okay, and what's funny about it is we had this conversation with um, with Tom on Wednesday about okay. it. Levi had asked him if he liked it and what he thought of it and this and that, and he was like, you know, I, it's okay. I mean, I don't watch a lot of it. I, yeah. I think there's probably a better time to have it, but I don't know what that would be. Yeah. Um, but. You know, the, the conversation of injuries gets brought up, and Tom's like, it, that could happen anywhere. You, yes. You can't play your coach. Well, sure enough, it was like four hours later, Edwin Diaz, Tom's yep. a Mets fan. Hopping around. Trying to celebrate. It just announced today, Torres Pateller, and, he's out for the entire year. And at least it wasn't the, who was that years ago, that Martin Gramatica or something like that, that hit a field goal and goes running across the field and is doing some look at me thing, and then, whoop, tears okay. ACL. Yeah. No, at least this – I mean, this one was freak because he was literally just jumping up and down with his teammates and yeah. all of a sudden, boop, done. Yeah, out for so, the entire season. Yeah, I mean, that's that's almost like the yeah, – you were walking down the steps and, you know, tore it all up. Yeah. But, I, I, but I will say this. I love the idea of it. Yeah. I, well, I, and the Puerto Rico-Dominican – that was one of the best, most fun games yes. to watch I've seen in a while. Well, there's nothing quite like watching, like, a Dominican league in December. Or, oh yeah, or the Caribbean, the Caribbean series. Oh my, yeah. Gosh, they're like boomers. If you're listening, be sure to tune out because it's one <laughs> of the most energetic and exciting. That's baseball. Yes, right. I, I don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm somewhat of a traditionalist. I grew up playing my whole life, and I love it, and I've watched it forever. But if you were at a ballpark for four and a half, five hours. And it's slow, and everyone's taking their time, and it takes ten minutes to get through an at bat because this guy wants to step out, and this guy wants to step off, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, want to yeah. throw over six or seven times. No, nope, I'm not a fan of that. I you get two and a half, three hours, waving banners, and maybe not doing dugout chants, but if a guy Vuvuzelas, are you a Vuvuzela guy? No, okay, not really. I love so the I, I love the idea of it, but like if if someone's going to hit a 450 foot home run. Let him pimp it. He's gonna. Th- I mean, let him do it. Like if yes. if if a pitcher gets a massive strikeout with bases loaded, bottom of the eighth inning to save a game, he's gonna go ballistic. Absolutely. Is that showing up the hitter? No, that's getting a massive strikeout. So yeah. if I'm gonna hit a monster home run, I'm gonna celebrate. I'm here for it. Yeah. Well, and and what you see, what you don't see, those guys do. The the big argument is showing up the pitcher, mm-hmm. disrespecting the pitcher. Not one of those guys points at the pitcher. Not one of those guys stares the pitcher down. They'll look at their own dugout. They'll look at the fans. And honestly, if you want to look at the other team's dugout, have at it, man. Like, but they don't disrespect the guy they just hit it off Mm -hmm. of. But the fans are going crazy like a goal was just scored in soccer. Those are fun games. What made in the early two thousands? What made golf fun? Yeah. Tiger Woods fist pumping all over the Absolutely. green because he just drilled a 
uh, a shot that nobody, no amateur can do. Mm-hmm. Well, these guys are hitting home runs that no amateur can do. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know, these, so this isn't natural. Okay, no, and and humans ev- aren't supposed to do from this. From the fifth inning on last night, from the fifth inning on, every single pitcher that came in threw over ninety-eight miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You can't. This is supernatural players, and when they do supernatural things, let them celebrate. Like I love it, and. The, even in the USA game last night, the shift was on for Mike Trout in the, I don't know, second inning, third inning. Shift was on. They've got all the players over there. The, it's it's disgusting. I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm not a big – but you know what he did? Drove the ball right to where second base used to be, mm-hmm. scored a run. That is how if, – if baseball wants to make this game fun again or makes – you know, they're do, making all these changes to try to get the, the fans that aren't even fans yet. They want to make – all of these players, they need to learn how to do that again. You know, uh, imagine a, a Tony Gwynn playing now, and you put a, a big shift on Tony Gwynn. <laughs> Thank you. Single. Left side. Two RBIs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and if if you have trust in the teammate behind you in the lineup, if you get on, there's a chance now it's a two-run homer. So, I mean, there's – that, and that's a lot of what Cowboy Baseball is doing to, to kind of bring this back to OSU. They're doing that. They're just in a get-on mode. You see that Nolan McLean is doing that same thing. He's just trying to put the bat on the ball. And it's gone down a little bit. His strikeouts have gone up some in the in the last few weeks, but kind of ultimately who he is, bang or bust. But um, Nolan Schubert is must-watch every time he steps into the plate. He hit one the other day into the wind, that went 440 feet, uh, you know, 38-degree launching. This dude Not just wild. crushed it. And um, uh, Noah Turley, I got him on video. I think I sent you that. You did. Yeah, I, I just happened to be um, videoing that pitch just for going to send it to a friend, you know, Look for something else. Yeah, sort of deal. And all of a sudden, doink, like, oh, okay, hits Gonzo. off the valve. It was, it was good video. But, I mean, this, this team has a lot of pop to them and, um, and just keeps winning. Which they should get Zach Earhart back relatively soon after yeah. Tech, maybe. Um, you know, so good to see Jackson Curl getting some starts in center field. Banged him a home run, first of his career. So these guys, these guys are fun. And and we talked about earlier in the year, the first baseman, all the first basemen would be, you know, that they were a real. That was a strength. I mean, you have yeah. three. You got Mendham. You got Schubert who could play first. You got Colin Brueggemann who could play first. Well, you got Schubert leading the team with a 424 average. Yeah, he's playing really well. You got well. Brueggemann with a 484 average just outside of, you know, being eligible to get out of the gray and into the white on the stat sheet. And your three-hole or uh, four-hole David Mendham, 338 crushing. So, you know, hitting really well. But uh, You follow uh, Reddit CFB on Twitter? I do not. <laughs> they sent out a screen grab of uh, the Howard, Kansas score. Howard's up. 20 to 19, 10 37 in the first. Just whatever. end it right now. The the caption is one dude named Howard versus the defending Natty Champs. <laughs> <laughs> Go Howard. Um not that not that uh they don't deserve a lot of time, but I've got uh I've got stuff I got to get done here yep. in the next uh, five or so minutes, so let's do a a quick segment on softball. Yeah. And then once we um here in the next couple weeks we'll obviously we'll, we'll go more in depth, but um Cowgirls, man, they are 21 and 2. They're up to number 2 in the country. I think that as important and as impressive as the big wins were our earlier in the year, all the run rules, the the 
ranked wins that they had, the way they won those games, all out on the road. You're not back until March 3rd. Didn't play a – the OSU Tulsa wasn't incredibly difficult. You know, Missouri made it close 6-3. But when you look at that three-game stand against Florida State, you lose the first game close 7-5. And that was that was a hell of a game. Florida State's a good, good program. Yeah. Number five in the country. And then you come out in game two and you 9-1 five-inning run rule. And then you turn around and you win a squeaker 3-2. to two. This team... I'll go back to what I said a couple weeks ago. I'm not crazy enough to, and I'm, I don't want to say crazy because like they're going to start losing, but I'm not crazy enough to sit here and say they're only going to lose two games all year. They're yeah. going to continue to play this well. They're going to continue to hit this well. They're going to continue to pitch this well. All good things must slow down at least. So they're gonna they're gonna lose games. There's going to be games that they drop. There's going to be some some off nights. But if this is what they're doing early in the year against good opponents, I can't wait for when we roll into Big 12 play and they start off with Baylor. Baylor's a very good team this year. I'm looking forward to watching Kansas. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do against Texas. That Texas series in Austin in April is going to be insane. This team is clicking on well, you're, all facets. You're now – Virginia Tech was top ten. Florida State was obviously top ten. They were six. Isn't there somebody else in Oregon? Was Oregon top 10 Oregon or was, nine? Oregon was 24. Okay. Um, but, like, they were top 25. Louisiana uh, Louisiana was top 25. Michigan top 25. Um, and I'd have to go. I so you're something in one versus top 25. Uh, you probably you lost one game. Again. So you're, yeah. let's see, one, two, three. There's four and oh, five and oh, six and oh, six and one. Six, six and, and one against yeah. top 20 teams. And, and even in the Florida State game, you know, yeah, you lose seven, five, but you're down four, oh. Early, yeah, they come back, take the lead, and then and Florida State's still a good team. They put they they put Very a good. run together, and but if it's a three game series to go to to go to uh, Oklahoma City or it's a three game series to win the national championship, you want it, you want it th- two to two to one. Um, I think that uh, she's only a freshman. Acox fun to watch, man. She is. like she and and the girl that Central Arkansas threw last night. She gave our we we put up seven runs on her, but it wasn't an easy seven run. That's a weird way to say that. Yeah, the no, first four, the first four were not hard hit balls. I'm just saying, and I sent this in the in the group text to my friends that we were watching the game. Would not be shocked if a number from Stillwater were to reach out to her after the year and say, "Hey, you're a graduate transfer." Because that girl, they didn't have the little miles per hour up there, but just watching her versus Acock, which Acock throws hard, yeah. this girl was like 10 like, miles an hour hard. Up. Oh, my goodness. She was throwing so hard. So, And she has good numbers. Uh, Beaver, I think was uh, her last name. Kyla Kyla Beaver from um, – or Kayla Beaver from Central Arkansas. I'm just saying watch the name, uh, you know, to see if uh, Maxwell may need a replacement next year. I'm yeah. just saying. But she, and she's, she's coming, and she's coming back. Yeah, she, no, she's not yeah, not years. a replacement. I meant um, like a fill in. Who's the um, Kilfoyle? Yeah, yeah, Kilfoyle. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who I meant. Um, who, dude, talk about coming back from yeah from on. She was the lo- quote unquote loser of uh, the first game, and then you come back three two and just throw as well as well as she did. Big time, yeah. I, I think this is I think this is a big weekend for them. You got Arizona State, Central Florida. Uh, they did update that schedule, so depending on when you're listening to this, you've got Arizona State Friday at two thirty, 
You've got Central Florida at 5 on Friday. And then Minnesota has been added. Oklahoma State will face Minnesota Saturday at 2.30, and then they turn around and face Central Florida again on Sunday at noon. So those are those are updates to the weekend. Oklahoma State should go 4-0, absolutely should go 4-0. It should be a, a hell of a weekend. Um, real quick here before we get out, uh, what are your thoughts on the Big 12's announcement that they have partnered with the NFL for a conference-wide pro day next year? Yeah, I think that's going to be really cool. I think it'll be – Combine-esque. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, you'll see that kind of thing. I saw that they they are doing not only, um, you know, your pro day and stuff for, hey, look at how good of an athlete I am, but it looked like they also had some kind of breakout sessions for maybe the guys who aren't going to go to the NFL. Um, you know, there's so many different leagues now with XFL. I, mean, I think the XFL is, is here to stay for at, at least another year. Ratings continue to go up. Um, I can't say that I've jumped in as a as a fan on it, but The Rock doesn't he doesn't put his name on things that aren't going to stick around. He's he's at that point in life um, or in his career. So you know, there's Marcel Aitman is is a great example. Did did okay in the NFL. He was fine. Made money. Made some money, but he's now a first round pick. In, you know, and starter in the XFL. He's getting to play, yeah. and you hope that uh, you hope that he capitalizes on that and gets back to the NFL. That'd be really cool. So there's there's multiple avenues for these guys to get on tape, get their numbers out there, and find somewhere. But I think there's also business aspects of the pro com or the uh, pro day the Big Twelve is going to do that will that will benefit the players who don't make the NFL, who don't make XFL. You know. So this is the discussion that I had yesterday with Tom and every single guy now. Okay, maybe not every single one, but every every guy goes to a pro day in order to make yeah. a, a pro roster. There will be guys from every single school that know that this is a pipe dream. Yes. I'm going to go, I'm going to try my best, Yep. but I'm using that master's I got in chemical engineering and I'm going to go work for someone. I'm not, I'm not playing football. Mm-hmm. But 95% of the guys will not play professional football. All right. Now, ninety-five percent of the guys are going to go there and say, "I'm playing football." Period. Ninety-five percent of those guys ain't playing football. They they might they might go and and sign an undrafted rookie free agent contract and and go to OTAs and they'll go to training camp and a handful will make a practice squad. A a handful will make a fifty-three. But a good chunk of those guys, they're going to go play. They're going to try to play in the CFL. You know, they're going to try to do the USFL or you know, some could go play in Japan now. That's a that's a that's a blossoming league. You've got the XFL. I think this is awesome. I, I think that it eliminates some of the stress and pressure of. And now it, there's always going to be stress and stress stress and pressure. But I'll tell you, the, they updated it this year. There is heating now in the Sherman Smith. But for Every year since they built it, Pro Day sucked so much ass because it was like 40 degrees in the indoor. It was miserable, and it's quiet. It's awkward. Yeah. Um, it, there, it's, it's so stressful. You're going to be in a world-class facility in the Star down in Frisco. It's where the Dallas Cowboys practice. It's an incredible facility. You've got top-of-the-line medical. You've got top-of-the-line sensors and tracking. And NFL, every team is going to send a representative to every campus but instead of having a scout or two or maybe the GM, they're all going to flock to Frisco. Now, what's mm-hmm. curious to me is if you go through and read it, it looks like the schools are going to have to foot the bill for this. 
I'll be curious to see how that whole thing works out. I'm also really curious because they say 14 teams, which includes the four new ones and OU and Texas. But as soon as January rolls over, OU and Texas go to the SEC. But because they played football in 2023, maybe you'll see some OU and Texas players go to this, but I don't know how that's going to work out. That'll be fun. But I think for me, my opinion, the most important thing is going to be the the job fair. Yeah. Because, like I just said, 95% of the 95% that are going there to play football will not. They will go professional in something, <laughs> something other else. than sports. Yeah. So if they go to they go to the NFL, they, they sign an undrafted rookie free agent, they go to training camp, and it doesn't work out, and they sign a, a one-year contract with the XFL, and guess what? It doesn't work out, or you get injured, or this or that, or whatever. You can say... You know, I graduated or I, I left early. I didn't graduate, or maybe I did graduate. All I all I knew, all I know is football. But I think back to the spring of 2024, a couple of years ago, and I made a contact with someone from Chevron or someone from Prudential or whatever. You know what? I'm going to give him a call. And then all of a sudden, boom, there you go. So I, it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's great. I think the Big 12 continues to make massive steps forward. And uh, I, I think I think they're here to say they're going to make some good money. Frisco plays their high school football correct. Games there. there are stands. Yeah, they rotate. Their stands. You can fit about twenty ish thousand people. I would be. Willing They'll sell to, tickets. That's what I was. Gonna I don't say. see how so they can. You, you talk about it being a quiet like golf atmosphere in the Sherman Smith. Well, you know what? It might it might be because the NFL Combine doesn't allow fans. It doesn't, but so that you it, know what the Big Twelve is not trying to do. They're no, no, not I trying agree. to be the NFL combine. I, but I could, I don't, I would like for them to sell tickets. But I could see them saying, We're, "We partner with the NFL." I, okay. I agree with you, though. I, I would, think it'd be cool. You could make, well, ten dollars, even if it's just ten bucks a person, you're going to sell the thing out. People from Dallas are going to show up. Yeah, you sell six thousand tickets at ten dollars a pop. That's good money, Brian. That is. Yes, it is. And then if I were SMU in North Texas, I would have their pro days the next day because all the scouts are in town. Let me tell you. All right, that's going to do it. Appreciate Brian for uh, lending his time. We'll uh, we'll, we'll try to get together uh, maybe next week or the week after and see if we can't put something uh, up a little bit sooner, see if life's not as as super crazy. Well, Cowboys just keep winning in the NIT. We'll keep talking. Maybe we'll go to Vegas. We there we go. We won't go to Vegas. Um, that's going to do it for the Pokesport Podcast. You can check us out at pokesreport.com, but we'll talk to you next time here on pokesreport.com.